0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're looking at Obadiah and his message of hope for those ravaged by war. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's edition of Everyday Truth. Uh, We are in the book of Obadiah, and we're going to do our dead-level best to get through the uh, the end of it today. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, Obadiah, uh, verse number 15, I think, is where we left off yesterday. So let's uh, just dive right in. Uh, Obadiah, verse 15, where the Bible says, The day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. So remember, this is a judgment against the, specifically the nation of Edom. But now, as God often does, He takes the, the telescope and pans out to the ultimate day of victory, the day of the Lord, uh, when Jesus himself will rule and reign from the capital of Jerusalem, uh, uh, Israel, and all of the heathen nations, all those that have opposed God, all those that have come against God and his people will will have been defeated. So the Bible says the day of the Lord is coming. And I know that for you and me sometimes that seems almost like a pipe dream. Like, well, when is it? You know, we've been talking about Jesus coming back my whole lifetime. I'm 55 and my parents talked about it and my grandparents, you might say, and Paul talked about it 2,000 years ago. Now you're telling me that almost 3,000 years ago they were talking about the day of the Lord? Uh, Well, yes, but be mindful of this, that that a day with the Lord, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And uh, Peter talked about this in 2 Peter chapter 3, that in these last days, scoffers will come and will say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. Then Peter said, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. In other words, they scoffed in and in Noah's day. They, they scoffed from the days of creation and the days of destruction by the flood. And they're scoffing today. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise and the earth shall melt with fervent heat. Uh, the the, uh, the everything shall melt, the Bible says, and everything will be destroyed and God will make all things new. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Uh, so the, the understanding that the end is coming understanding that that God is emerging victorious and that all those that oppose God and oppose God's people will one day be put in their place, understanding all of that ought to cause us as believers to live holy lives today. Eschatology, the study of of the future, is is not just to satisfy our curiosity. Uh, Eschatology is a matter of speaking to priority, and how should we be living knowing ahead of time uh, what the end is provides great accountability and incentive for us today. That's the point. So in verse number 15, the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. So what What will the day of the Lord be? It'll be a day of judgment where people will, will justly be judged for their sins, for their deeds. Uh, They they will receive a recompense. So the Bible is saying specifically to Edom and nations like her, hey, listen, you're going to pay for what you have done. Verse number 15, thy reward shall return upon thine own head. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain... So shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, they shall swallow down, they shall be as though they had not been. So you have come to Jerusalem and drunk in the spoils of war from her, but you will drink of my judgment one day. In other words, there is ultimate reciprocity when it comes to the economy of God. Verse number 17 But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. But so in in contradistinction to the judgment that those that have turned from God and have persecuted the people of God, they will receive their judgment. But what of God's people? Now remember, Obadiah is one of God's prophets. He's a worshiper of Jehovah. He is prophesying at a time when God's people have suffered some great losses. And they're wondering, is God even there? Uh, is our nation even going to survive? You know, we're we're enduring the ravages of war. Circumstances are screaming against us. Is there really a God? Will God's purposes really come to pass? And Obadiah is saying, yes, 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 and yes. God's going to take care of these enemies. God's going to fight this battle. And as for Mount Zion, as for God's people, deliverance will come. See that in verse 17? But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. And I love this verse here. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Think about that. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. So God has given Israel so much more than she actually possesses. Do you know that when you look at the the land that God promised Israel, they still to this day have never occupied all of what God has given to them as being rightfully theirs. They have possessions on paper, but they're not possessing those possessions in actuality, uh, in practicality. You know, the same thing is true of New Testament believers. We have so much that has been given us in Christ, Uh, so much that we have access to by prayer, Uh, so much victory that is ours to claim, and yet we live our little small lives uh, and our little small areas not, not possessing what is rightfully ours in Christ. So, boy, I'll tell you what, much of the Christian life is simply possessing what we already own. So the Bible says there comes a day when Israel will possess her possessions. Watch uh, what it says in verse number 18. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, the house of Joseph a flame, the house of Esau for stubble. They shall kindle in them and devour them. There shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord hath spoken it. Now we know that that happened in history at the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, we know that God was punishing his people, but they weren't utterly destroyed. There was a remnant that remained. But in the the war against uh, Israel by Rome and Titus the general back in 66 to 70 AD, uh, Edom was ultimately destroyed. You don't hear about an Edomite today. You don't hear about somebody, hey, I'm from Edom. That doesn't even exist. So this prophecy took place. Esau became the stubble. And Israel became the flame. Look at verse number 19. And they of the south, I love this. They of the south shall possess the Mount of Esau. They of the plain, that would be like by Gaza today, the Philistines. They shall possess the fields of Ephraim. That would be like Samaria today, the bulk of what old Israel was. The fields of Samaria. And Benjamin shall possess Gilead. So Gilead is the other side of the Jordan River, uh, like where, uh, where modern-day Jordan is. And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Zarephath, and the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in a Sephar- Sepharad, shall possess the cities of the south. So he describes borders that go all the way up to Syria, all the way out to Jordan, all the way down to modern day, even Saudi Arabia, all over into Gaza. In other words, God has given you so much. You've not possessed what God has already given you, but one day you will. And listen, my friends, one day you and I, who are believers, will come to this earth with the Lord Jesus. We will return with Him, uh, and we shall rule and reign with Him. And the Bible describes it very specifically in the end of the book of Zechariah, uh, that that whole topography of the land of Israel will change and and we will possess as a possession all of that one day. So these war-ravaged people of God who had been so distraught and had been so pestered by Edom, Edom shall be no more, these nations shall be no more, and God will allow the people of God to possess their possessions. Look at verse number 21, last verse of the book. And saviors. Now, that's not talking about Jesus as the Savior, capital S. But these mean this means the people whom God will use. Uh, people like you and me. Uh, and saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. I think that's a reference to the future uh, establishment of the kingdom of Christ. That, that, that day of the Lord when you and I will come and rule and reign with Him and God will use people just like you and me uh, to judge, judge the nations of the world, to set up the kingdom of Christ. And for a thousand years, we will enjoy earth the way it was intended to be enjoyed. And then the new heavens and the new earth an eternity when God rules forever and forever and forever. What a wonderful day that will be. So Obadiah, boy, a lot of judgment, a lot of uh, negativity, a lot of dark days. But how does all of it end? It ends in victory. It ends in righteousness. It ends in the vindication of God's people by God Himself. Why? Because in the end, Jesus rules and reigns. In the end, we win because we're on His bandwagon. And this book is a book, yes, to war-ravaged people 2,840 years ago, but it's also a book to you and me, written for you and me, that we might know that we have in Christ everything we need and a marvelous future, and we too will ultimately possess our possessions. So I hope that helps We're going to jump into a brand new book next episode, Book of Revelation. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.